On this week's show, Sarah speaks to Richard Coletta, the Managing Director of Wood Floors and Accessories. Wood Floors and Accessories was established in 1999 and is based in Romford in Essex. They specialise in bespoke engineered wood flooring and a multitude of accessories to the trade and wholesale. Hope you enjoy the show. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Hi, Rich. How are you doing, sir? You alright? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I said I was getting all nervous. I had a school teacher coming on the phone. <laughs> I know, exactly. It's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, welcome to the podcast, Richard Coletta. How are you today? I'm good. Yourself? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. Quite excited to have you um, on this um, on this podcast today. I so, feel privileged. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you should be. You should be very privileged. Let's just have a, a a bit of an intro to who is Richard Coletta. Who am I? Um, yeah, I'm managing director of Wood Floors and Accessories. Um, I've been since we started in '99. Prior to that, from 96, we started an installation business called Naturally Wood, um, which we worked and traded till 2018. Um, but uh, that business we're no longer involved with. And um, yeah, now fully, fully focused on wood floors. Yeah. Fabulous. So who and what is WFA? So we started, like I say, 99 on the back of our installation business, just, just at the time carrying some stock and a few items that we used to sort of sell and stock ourselves. Um, I see a, a space in the market down south for a wholesale sort of division, um, but we wanted it run as a separate business. Um, it used to supply naturally wood uh, as one of the customers just to get things sort of kick-started. And um, yeah, sort of the first year trading, just getting everything set up, importing products, building stock. And then it's uh, just evolved and, yeah, sort of uh, over the next five or six years sort of built into a, yeah, sort of a real strong business in the South um, until, um, yeah, we got into the, obviously the core of the business now, which is the pre-finishing, um, which was sort of back in, yeah, 2000 and sort of 2012. Um, yeah, and then it's, um, yeah, it just evolved from there, really. So just give a bit of an overview about the products that WFA sells, so both on the production side and the, obviously the accessories side as well. Yeah, so accessories, um, we do all the key leading brands, so uh, on lacquers like Bonner, Yunkers, Loba, um, Osmo for, for most of our oils. Um, do a little bit of uh, one uh, sort of one component uh, oils from, from Loba. Um, yeah, so everything, sandpaper, your fixings, underlays, uh, all, all trims, anything a guy would need coming in, um, which we're strong in stock on. Um, then all the unfinished products. So I think we, we carry best part of 60 different unfinished products that we sell to wholesale and then obviously put through the pre-finishing department. Um, so, yeah, we sort of 2012 set up um, uh, the, the pre-finishing division, um, which we yeah we, we do all different types of finishes so brushing, distressing, smoking, oiling, colouring, um, and that's yeah that's now the sort of key key side to the business. The production facility there. Give me a bit of um, an overview of of how that works um, down in um, Romford 
where you're based, um, just so that the listeners understand that process? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, we've um, so we've got a dedicated sample lab. So we do a lot of, although we've got a core range of 40, well, 46 products in the truly bespoke range. Um, there's obviously Callisto, that's got another eight. Uh, we've got some Time Warner with range. So we've got, we've got a few ranges, but majority of the business is color matching, uh, color creation that we do through the sample lab. Um, that's where the sort of journey starts. And then from there goes into full production where we've got a team of uh, 12 really skilled guys. Uh, that's run by my business partner, Matt and Son, um, who's been with us for best part of 20 years. Um, and yeah, that's, that's where the magic happens. We, um, yeah, we sort of do all the different processes. We've got uh, two big texturing machines for brushing, two UV finishing lines, uh, two smoking rooms. Got a tumbler, we've got a second tumbler coming in this month. Um, got a bespoke packing facility that uh, custom labels all the packs. That gives you all the information of the production and who the client is, what the product is. Um, so yes, um, that's yeah, and that's that's in a twelve thousand square feet facility, um, which yeah. is even now too too small. Yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to see that um, that lab and the um, the colour wall there is astronomical. I mean, was was I right in thinking there's all the 2,000 different con- combinations of colours that you've got so far that are um, on display or that are in your archives? Yeah, we've got, so there's 850 on the wall um, and then we've got, I think we're up to three, best part of 3,400 mm-hmm. uh, colour creations now. And then behind every one of those is a is a control sample that shows all the different stages that we've got to that colour, um, full process sheet of what products we've used, what processes we used, all the settings. So once that's accepted, um, that goes into production, and every stage of that job has got uh, samples to work to, and the process. So it's um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great setup. It'd be nice to get all the products out, but um, obviously there's only so much wall space we've got, and that's it's just. Yeah, but it's impressive. I mean, it's good, yeah, for us when we're matching our own colours to find something that's similar. But also, like clients, like when you come in yourself and um, designers that come down, it just gives them a, yes, um, yes, quite quite impressive sort of selection of products. When I first saw it, I thought um, it was um, a pretty impressive way of displaying them, especially when the roles seem to be in colour coded order. Um, so, who, whose job was it to do that? Um, I think initially John, John, and right. then Natalie got involved, obviously our, our graphic designer. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we just uh, put it together. I mean, it gets, yes, obviously the, the, the sample's constantly evolving. So anything that looks nice and current, we're, we're always changing it. So it's, it's 850 of the most popular that we're working with. Um, and it's, yes, um, yes, it's a minefield. Yeah, trying to keep it in order. Yeah, and um, for the people that didn't know as well, what um, give me a bit more information on the on the tumbling machine and how and how that works. Yeah, so the tumbler. I mean, obviously, there's different ways of distressing wood. There's machine distressing, which can be a bit too regular. Um, with a tumbling machine, it's, it's something we've designed. Uh, we've had since since we started in 2012, um, and it's um, yeah, it's a it's a a large tumbola with with items in there that we've. That sort of worked over the years to get the right level of distressing, and then we've got Raf, the um, uh, sort of technician that looks, looks after tumbling, and um, he's got processes that protect the tongue groove during that process, um, and it's uh, obviously cleans the boards up before they go into the pre-finishing department, 
Um, but that's, yeah, that's a brilliant machine. So that does all our blocks, chevrons, all our designs and our planks. But the new one, uh, I think it's, yeah, the one we've got at the moment is three meters long. This new one's mm-hmm. going to be four meters. So wow. we can get some of the longer boards in Yeah. And at the moment, what's the, um, what's the most popular product in your range? Good question. Um, I mean, Callisto's going well. That's, that's a sort of entry-level product that we do. Still bespoke finished in the same way, but uh, a little bit tighter margin and uh, a slightly lower grade of um, uh, oak that we use, uh, like in grading. Um, that's, that's good. Um, 497, uh, that sort of heavy textured smoked and white oil product is good. Um, still do lots of the smokes and the tumbles. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very hard to pinpoint because at the moment, obviously, we move with trends. So yeah. we'll, have our, we'll have our core range, but as the market's moving and evolving, um, we're, we're, we're adapting our core range of products every year, but then also we're just making on demand. So yeah. one week we're doing black, we're doing white, we're doing, yeah, sort of browns. It's, um, yeah, but I think the market's still, still strong in the smokes, the dark smokes, the fumed. Um, but then obviously still your whites and, and smoky whites. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's hard to put your finger on exactly what's the most popular. Um, mm-hmm. But I know 497 is, is, is regular. So um, just kind of going back to um, the business again. So um, it'd just be interesting to hear about some of the challenges that you've faced um, in, in your business. And um, if you can give us a bit of an insight into, into that, if you've got any. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, look, I think when you grow in a business, especially a private business, that we're, um, yeah, we just always ploughed profit back into it and built it gradually. Um, we've we've built a good foundation. I mean, we could have, yeah, we could have built it a lot quicker. Um, but I think there's a lot of risks to growing a business when you're looking for outside investment and funding. So we just we're growing it organically. Um, yeah, COVID. Um, so we had mostly the best trading month in history, March twenty. Mm-hmm. And then uh, April the seventh, we went from a team of twenty-seven down to five of us. Um, yeah. Phones stopped ringing, so that, that was the biggest challenge. And I think personally, anxiety, worry, stress, um, knowing—well, not knowing—what um, what was going to happen, and obviously uh, holding a position that you need to sort of manage yourself out of this. So, yeah, that, that was that was the biggest challenge I've ever faced personally. And and how did you and how did you face that? How did you kind of overcome that? What 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 did you put into place to to see you through that? Um, yeah, a lot of hours, a lot of sleepless nights. Um, I think I think we, we had good support from our supply network. Um, so our key suppliers in Poland were, were really great. Yeah, some of the suppliers in the UK, uh, I, don't, I think we've we've no, no longer dealing with um, where you just didn't get that support from them. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, yeah, uh, my partners just, just, I think we just all dug deep and uh, customers come through. Yeah, sort of uh, every, everything fell in place over time. But for, for that April, that first month of the unknown and, and no business coming in, and everyone was in the same position, it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was testing. But we had good support from the bank, obviously, the government with um, furlough and bounce back sort of loans and C uh, bills. So, yeah, we just, just grasped everything we could. Um, and slowly but surely the, the, the cash started flowing again, business started coming through. And then over time we brought the team back, but yeah, we went from five of us. I mean, I was on forklifts, I was on a production line. I was really digging in then. <laughs> yeah. It's like everything sort of, um, 
just everything we had to do. But um, yeah, we've got we've got a great team that we've built up over the years. So it was it was it was hard seeing them obviously go, and, and it's just great bringing them all back and getting back into the the, the vibe of Wood Floors. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you've just mentioned a couple of times there about how you've grown a great team. Um, I'd like to know a little bit more about that. What are the fundamental things that you've done to grow your team? Because I know that um, a lot of your team members have been there kind of 15, 20 years. You know, you're 23 years in business now and you've um, out of everybody that I've ever spoken to in a manufacturing or supply business, they've got some of the lowest turnover rates for for staff. It's great to hear. So it'd be great for listeners to understand how you've built that team. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, look, we're, we're always fair as an employer. Um, we pay well, um, we, 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 we incentivize people, but I do think that it's a family vibe from, from wood floors and accessories. So everyone that comes on, uh, I don't know, just obviously don't leave, but we, we, um, yeah, we've got, we've got a lot of key, key staff that have, have been with us from day one. Um, and I think you just you just breed that culture. Once they come in, they become part of the team. Um, we don't give them reasons to leave. Like obviously, people that have left and gone off on other ventures. About staff come back to us. Um, but um, yeah, I think it's just being fair, reasonable, um, creating a nice environment to work with that you want to come to, um, keeping it exciting, interesting. Obviously, yeah, sort of looking after them. Christmas, we do nice things with them during the summer. Um, like barbecues and yeah, the pizza man coming around paparel. Um ah. and it's uh yeah, just just creates um creates a nice place to work. Yeah. And I think that's it, isn't it? I mean you've mentioned their excitement, being reasonable, fairness, paying well, um, having a family foundation. Um, are you have, have you ever thought about those being are they your core values? Is that how you also recruit individuals? Do you look for those kind of things in, in people and during the recruitment process? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I mean values like it is a family business. Um when when we started, I mean my, my dad's still a shareholder, but no longer in the business working. Um, but his his values are always uh being trustworthy, honest, reliable, obviously service, customer first. Um, and it's yeah, and I, I suppose over time, subconsciously, that's what you work for, what you what you look for and you work for in somebody. Yeah. Um and yeah, if we if we support people are hard working, honest, reliable, um, yeah, sort of efficient, then then that's that's what we look for in somebody. Yeah, um that's great. and after yeah, after that initial sort of three month probation period, you get to know what people are about. And yeah, we don't, yeah, we have, we have people come and go, but um, yeah, we find the right people. And, and a lot, a lot of it is recommendation. So we'll have, um, yeah, people that, uh, I mean, there's a lot, lot of like Sonar production manager I've known since I was like 15, <laughs> Gary the Wizard. Um, I boxed with him when he was like four years old. Um, he come into the business when he was 16, like floor sanding, um, yeah. and then come over to wood floors. What was he? Yeah, he's been here about six, seven years now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of, lot of old like friends. So I think that, that, that establishes an environment as well, doesn't it? It does. It does. And also it sets the precedence as well, doesn't it? For new, new people that are coming in, um, into the business as well. What's, what's the biggest challenge within the flooring industry right now that you can, that you can see? Uh, I think what we're seeing at the moment, obviously, price rising on on oak. Uh, we had plywood major increase in ply over the last few months. Uh, they're slowly settling down uh, due to COVID and supply chain issues. But 
we're we're now seeing the oat prices increasing. So uh, I think they're saying like April, May is going to be an increase on new stock coming through. Um, so I, I just think that the demand obviously there was a lot of catch up with COVID. There's new business with a, with obviously a lot more money in the market, um, and it's just a worldwide issue that. Um, is coping with that demand. So we, we foresee supply chain could be a potential issue, um, but we've got a lot of suppliers that we work with. So we're, we're sort of yeah, negotiating deals and bringing in extra stock just to maintain that. Um, apart from that, I mean, business is good, turnover's up. Um, yes, everything's sort of running how we want it to run. Um, so it's just, yes, more supply chain. Yeah, and I, and I think that's pretty much the feedback that we're getting from other suppliers at the moment as well is the supply chain not being quite as it was before. And I think um, as a company that um, wants to uh, make sure that their customer, you know, their customers are served first, how does that make you feel sometimes when you are experiencing these significant lead times or these stock shortages, which means that you can't fulfil those customer orders sometimes? Yeah, of course. Cool. So, I mean, that's that's cake. So obviously, we're we're um... A reactive business a lot of our orders are sort of being delivered in one to three weeks so it's not as if we're forward planning so we need to keep plenty of stock on the ground so we're constantly i mean these issues aren't going to come into april may so we're, we're already in front of that and we're looking at uh, how we can minimize that uh, we're buying from other suppliers bringing in different uh productions uh, just to maintain the stock so yes um it's, it's not I wouldn't say it's a problem for us at the moment, but some of the larger scale projects I can see are going to be difficult to find. But general stock, that's what we want to maintain uh, just to keep our core business running. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of um, investment within um, within WFA, what's the biggest investment you've ever made into WFA? Time, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely like early, early days sort of, yeah. Sort of, you, you put so much time into the business to get it where you need to. Um, from a money aspect, um, uh, the finishing department's mostly up to yeah, sort of one one point two million pound that we put into that, just in machinery and uh, sort of building the facility and maintaining it. Um, so that's yeah, that's that's been the biggest investment, and also mm-hmm. stock. Yeah, I mean, our stock mm-hmm. is yeah, it's it's huge. Um, but then that's what where we're strong is that we can deliver all them 40 or 50 products we keep unfinished we've got plenty of stock on the ground and we can turn it around and fulfill orders within two to three weeks yeah absolutely and you know what's what's the biggest mistake you've ever made uh, biggest mistake early days i mean from a personal level not not getting into property and investing in in assets more and even from the business i mean we we obviously we the size it is now to, to buy that facility is a lot of money. So if we if we built it up gradually, so should have put more money into into assets like physical assets. Um, but then I think during the time you always put money back into the business, and obviously you want to maintain your own personal lifestyle as well. Um, yeah. So we, we, we've enjoyed it, and we've we've got a facility that's being paid for through the business. So yeah, it just would have been nice to have some assets, um, but that can come later on, can't it? Of course it can, but you know, what, what does that mean? What's, what's next for WFA and what's next for Richard Collata? Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose wood floors just keep pushing on. We're, we're um, investing a lot into the north of England where we've uh, concentrated more on the south. So like looking to get that turnover up to so investing in clients and 
um, building, yeah, just building the business, maintaining what we've got, making what we've got work. Um, yeah, I think there's whatever's new is going to be new textures, colours, always in front of the market, looking at what's coming through, buying machines that can uh, sort of keep up with trends. Um, but I think, yeah, just just concentrating now and consolidating on what we're doing and focusing on growth and turnover because the, the foundation's all set for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, for me personally, just really enjoying what we're doing and, um, yeah, start looking at uh, build, building some assets around me. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you've, you mentioned there about staying ahead of the trends. What, are, what, what do you envisage the trends in wood flooring to be over the next kind of 12 months or so? Have you got any insight into that? I think it's, it's difficult, like with um, textures, because I mean, that, that, that varies. A lot, a lot of that's led from commercial back to domestic. Um, yeah, we're still doing lots of the tumbling, uh, bandsawn, which is not overly popular. Um, textured, like brushing and different levels of texturing. Um, yeah, and in colours, but it's yeah, it's, it's, it's still. I mean, I think uh, the, the 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 sort of smoked is still popular, uh, and the core fumed. Um, but it's yes, yeah, it's, it's it's hard to see what's actually coming through. Um, I think we'll yeah, we'll see uh, just by the sample requests that are coming in. Um, it's, uh, it's 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 a mix at the moment. Just um, because some people might not know this, but what's what's the difference between smoked and core fumed, Rich? So smoked is surface smoking. That's done with a chemical reaction that uh, works with the tannins in the wood. So that's only going to be like one up to sort of one mil, one and a bit mil into the surface, but changes that natural colour of the oak. So it goes from that blonde to a light medium or a dark brown. Um, Core fumes done at source. So when they cut the veneers, they go in uh, chambers of uh, 100% ammonia. Um, that uh, that changes the colour of the oak all the way through the thickness of the veneer uh, or the yeah. solid section. And that's um, obviously that floor can be sanded uh, right away for its life and maintain that colour. Whereas with a with a smoke floor, um, after the first possibly one, definitely two sands um, of restoration, then then you're back to the natural colour of the oak underneath. What's the, um, I also heard on the Grapevine, you've got, um, is it a product called Eased Edge that's coming in? Eased Edge, Eased yeah. Edge. So Eased Edge, that's, um, that's a, so most of our sort of processes are done with machinery, but this is a, this is a hand finished uh, uh, sort of uh, process where we just take the edges of the boards off um, and it creates, uh, yeah, just a nice slightly rounded edge to the board. Yeah, it's nice. It looks well. Yeah, it looks good. It looks good on the more antique looking floors, some of the dark smoke floors, um, but uh, very labor intensive. Yeah. And how, how long does something like that take if you were to do a plank at a time? Yeah, it depends on the width of the plank. But if you, I mean, in, in a day, you might get sort of, yeah, on average about 30 to 40 square meters done. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's, uh, whereas with a, with a brush in, Obviously, we can set a brushing machine up and do uh, 500, 600 square metres in a day. Oh, absolutely. Right. Okay. So, yeah, there's a big difference there, isn't there? And I'm, and I'm, and I'm guessing that that's also reflective in the price as well. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, so the price would be reflective on that. And um, and it's, it's only suited for certain floors. So we'd, um, we'd do that more as a special. Right. Okay. And is, it, um, is, is that available in all of the colours that you do or is it just certain colors or what's the situation with that one now nah, so you can have yeah you could have the full range of colors with east edges um yeah there's no no restriction on that that process um 
where sometimes we're tumbled, we'd, we'd, we'd only work with certain products because it's going through the tumbling machine. Um, same with a bandsaw and certain thicknesses we can't do. So it's more the thicker boards, like from 15 mil up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, the, the hand is dead. You can do on anything. Yeah. In terms of the product selection you've got, so um, you've got, um, forgive me if I'm wrong, but having a look at this. So you've got um, Plank, Herringbone, Chevron, Versailles, Cube, Hexagon. What else have we got? Mansion Weave, Continuous Versailles. Is that that's the it. range yeah, that you've got? Yeah, so in in um, components, that's that's all the range. Um, we then do a range of uh, design panels that you can have uh, custom made in any design. They can go through the pre finishing machine up to six hundred wide. Anything wider than that, we we hand finish. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's quite popular. We've got we run about eight to twelve standard designs, but constantly anything that comes in, we get made. Yeah. Um, and then you got. Um, yeah, there's a new new range Hevron that we're doing, which is it's a mixture of um, it's uh, it's a, a 90 degree and a 45 degree uh, cut on both ends. Okay, um, sounds interesting. So that's, <laughs> yes, I mean it's, that's quite special. John John sort of um, has put that together, um, and that's yeah, it's going to be. I think that's going to be more for commercial design. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it looks interesting. You're always trying to come up with new new formats and new products. So um, R and D with what's what's coming up. How you know who who does that, and you know where do all those ideas come from? Yeah, I think it's, I mean it's inspiration from what you see and what's in the market, what's coming through. Um, we're always constantly looking, yeah, social media and um, uh, publications that are out there. Um, but yes, um, I think we've we've got the we've got the core range of products that people are buying, what they're interested in, what they want. But there's always like bigger, larger format herringbone. We've done some. You know, like 1.8 meter chevrons the other week. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it is feedback from the clients, designers, architects we work with, and some of them come up with uh, uh, sort of design schemes, and we we just get it obviously make it happen and get it made. Um, yeah. But it's um, yeah, I think to, to, for for what you offer, yeah, I don't think there's a lot more we could offer from our our core range. Um, but it's as and when it does, we'll 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 keep yeah keep moving forward. I think what's interesting to me over the last 15, 16 years has been that um, there's definitely a a north-south divide and a a north-south kind of lag in terms of what's coming into fashion and and everything else. And, um, you know, we, a few years ago, we had um, a big influx in everybody wanted kind of walnut and really dark floors um, when we used to do contracting in, um, in London. And then all of a sudden kind of six to 12 months later, then everybody in the Northern region then started to um, want these kind of darker floors and things. So I think it's about six to 12 months lag in in fashion um so it's quite good to hear what you're saying about um products that are um are pretty popular at the moment i think you mentioned a 497 and as a, as you say that's a dark smoked and white so we should be looking out for that yeah that, i think that's going to be popular yeah mm-hmm. um sounds like your your choice of floor doesn't it yeah absolutely <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely that's lovely lovely yeah, lovely um, floor yeah, but I think the divide maybe before, but I think now with obviously with us coming into the north as well, we're bringing yeah. it up, and um, we're finding a lot of the retailers. Obviously, we're buying from competitors, and uh, we're bringing a slightly different range to them, that, and it, and it's popular. So I think the yeah now it's available and put into the market. Um, you're starting to see the, the obviously the trends are there, aren't they? 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's um and that's one of the big things as well, isn't it? I mean, yeah, way way back then everything that was um that was sold through contractors was unfinished and it was sanded um sanded filled finished on site um on location so to speak and as we've gone through the years we've got better production facilities and better finishes and and everything else um what's what's the um biggest advantage that you can see between a pre-finished board and an unfinished sanded and filled product on site yeah, I think, um, I mean, like obviously we come from a contractive background. So before you had your range of stains that you offered, but you, it was very hard to get them. Obviously, you, I mean, some firms have done it, but you can't really smoke on site. Reactive stains are really difficult to use. So getting them really nice, smoky, grey, white finishes with texture, um, you, you just can't achieve on site. So I think there's there's the... The selection that you get, you get to to have, and and also the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. with a pre-finished floor, not a lot of downtime for a, an owner of a property. They, you know, got to leave it and put scaffold boards up to from the front door to the bottom steps and going of the night. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All, all the yeah, moving all the furniture out and yeah, the upheaval for the customer. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think the the options are, are endless with pre-finished. So whereas with with on-site finishing. Yeah, some of the guys are cracking some really nice finishes now, but I do think if you haven't got that skill set, it's very hard to achieve it. So, yeah. yeah and it can um, go wrong. So <laughs> Terribly it wrong. It can. And then, yeah. yeah, and when it goes wrong, then you've got all the, all the upheaval and, I say, the inconvenience for the customer, uh, the additional cost. And, yeah, we're a pre-finished floor. You, you, you can get in and lay it the same day um, after it's sort of acclimatised. And, um, you uh, yes, yeah, uh, furniture can be moved over to half the floor, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I suppose the main main thing is it's just the options that you can give somebody. I mean, it's endless. Is it right in me saying as well that you have a a trade counter or you, you've got a trade showroom? What's the situation with that for for listeners that are maybe local to to Romford? Yeah, so we um we had a trade counter for years. Um, obviously, COVID see that close, and uh, we 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 invested in a nice collection point. Um. Uh, and then we looked at the trade counter. We thought, well, you know what? It's, it's just it's a lot of time to manage it. Is it really a benefit to the customer? So, got a lot of customers phoning in their orders, getting them ready for collection. Um, and we looked at that space, and we we thought, well, let's just yeah do something with it. So we've 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 refurbed it into um, a design room now, um, and it's got uh, it's got pretty much yeah most of what we offer on display. Got four nine seven in a mansion weave with a brass inset line border. Um, we've got uh, four key sample panels on the back wall with brass and aluminium uh, sort of different in- inset borders. Um, then all the full range of designs, and then we've got an island with uh, I think it's best part of hundred samples in there, showing wow. everything we do. So yeah, great facility for contractors to bring their clients in. Um, uh, designers, architects coming down. Obviously, new customers are on boarding. We do a tour of the facility. That's where we finish up, so they can see all the products that we offer. Um, and it's yeah, it's a lot better use for the space. Yeah, absolutely. And do you um, is is that a an appointment facility that you've got down there for potential customers? What's the situation yeah. with that? How do people yeah, come so and arrange that? Yes, yeah, um, so it's by appointment only. They can just phone into the office. Um, there's a, a separate diary kept, um, and then one of the guys will meet them. Um, and uh, yes, um, yes. I mean, we, we, it's not overly busy. Um, we, we, we're not retail, so we're not opening to the public. Um, 
but it's a facility that's there and yeah, it gets, gets enough use. Yeah. With, um, yeah, more, more with, uh, existing clients, bringing their clients in. That's yeah. where it works really well. Yeah. And they get, they can have a tour of the facility. They can go up into the lab, see the wizard, um, see colors being created, or even if it's possible, create a color there and then for them. Um, mm-hmm. which is, uh, which has been a major benefit with some of our commercial clients where they'll bring a team down. So, right. We've been battles with forwards with samples. They can't get just to the colour they want. So, so, right, come down, come up in the lab. We'll get all the samples out we've prepared. And then Gary will do the final tweak um, and, and agree a sample there and then from. That's all signed off. And we'll either make a sample panel for approval or that, that, that'll go into production that week. Yeah, no, it sounds it sounds amazing, and I think um, that was really useful information for potential um, potential clients as well. Um, you've been investing heavily into um, into retailers this year as well as um, contractors as well, and um, I've seen showrooms popping up all over the country. Um, it's it's a really interesting time, I think, for WFA, isn't it? And and the growth plans that you've got coming up over over the next few years um which is is great to say so i'm going to um just go through some quick fire quick fire questions now just to um so that our listeners just get to know you a little bit more on a personal level so what's your favorite mcdonald's or burger king neither neither <laughs> i don't eat junk food no <laughs> <laughs> never heard if that. anything a pizza yeah, ah, yeah. right okay yeah, but, if you had to choose one. if you had to choose though which one would it be if you had to uh, Fillet of fish because I'm pescatarian. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm um, definitely a McDonald's um, chips person, but a Burger King burger. Oh, yeah. If we could, yeah. If I could do it the other yeah, way around, yeah. that would be yeah, uh, yeah. that would be ideal. KFC, um, I couldn't I couldn't do KFC. Don't like that. That's right. I've, yeah. I've been yeah. I've, chat, I've been pescatarian for um, yeah about a year and a half. Um, wow. And it's um, yeah, it's been a yeah, been a big change. Never think I would do it because I'm not saying I never used it. Um, with three kids, it was always in McDonald's, but yeah. yes, uh, now I just, yeah, just cut down on the junk food and yeah, a bit of a life change. Fabulous. Um, okay. So beer or wine? Next one. Uh, beer and Prosecco. Yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So a bit of both. <laughs> <It's> both. <Yeah. laughs> bit of yeah. both. Depends on what you're doing. Yeah, it's it. But yeah, yeah definitely beer. Yeah. Okay. Right. Sunbathing or skiing? Ah, uh, definitely sunbathing. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, all day yeah. long skiing. It's just uh, too cold, isn't it? Yeah. Nah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, plank, plank or herringbone? Uh, well, that's popular herringbone. I still have to go with plank. I like wide, yeah, wide planks. Yeah, like two sixty, three hundred wide. Yeah. Do you think that only works in certain size rooms, or do you think it doesn't matter? What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I think I think really small rooms then. Yeah, maybe a bit like a bit of an issue, but for an average house, like I think, yeah, two sixty looks really nice down. Yeah, it's um, especially in a long format as well, like three to four meters long, or even some of the stuff we've done up to seven or eight meters long. Um, yeah, yeah really, really looks effective. Yeah. Tea or coffee, Rich? Uh, coffee all day long. All day long. Any specialty yeah. coffee or a builder's coffee? Uh, nah, an espresso. Um, Ooh. yeah, uh, yeah, with uh. Oat milk, yeah, or black. Yeah. I was going to say black coffee and espresso. Do you ever double shot it? <sighs> Depends how tired I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, Depends stand, if you've been on the prosecco the night before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so what's, yeah. what's your what's your dream car, Rich? Um, Aston Martin DB9. What have you got at the minute? 
uh, I've got a Jag F-Pace at the moment, so way behind my dream car. Yeah, but <laughs> I've got a new, new one coming in, yeah, in, in May, but I think, yeah, down the road, definitely an Aston Martin. Okay, and is that it? Is that in the in the next five year, ten year plan? What's the what's the situation uh, with that? Yeah, 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 five year would be nice. Yeah, okay. yeah, working um, towards it. <laughs> do you know what? I think like I say I want to look at investments before um, luxury sometimes. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that'd be nice if um, yeah. if if things continue as they are and the growth scan the way it is, then um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, five years time. Now this is going to be a tricky one, I think, for you: mash roasties or chips. <laughs> roasties yeah <laughs> roasties <laughs> yeah, yeah and, I'm, and I'm guessing no goose fat on there nah nah, nah. <laughs> only at Christmas oh, okay right okay um cork or pepsi <sighs> definitely neither S- sparkling water yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think I needed to ask you these questions a few years ago yeah you might have yeah I would have went for Pepsi, I suppose. Oh, would you? Okay. And and this is the one that gets everybody usually. So if you're going with Pepsi, is it a can, a bottle, or out of the, um, what do you you call it from behind the bar? What, a soda machine? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I suppose, if I had to out of that, I suppose. Thank you so much for coming on today and chatting through that. And um, it's been really great to hear from you and what's next for WFA and what's next for you and just to get to know you a little bit more. So how do the listeners get in touch with you and your team? Yeah, so um, obviously through the website, um, uh, wfa.uk.net, Instagram, uh, wfa underscore HQ, or um, what we prefer to telephone, 0208 501 6730. Yeah fabulous thank you very much thanks for your time today it's been amazing lovely yep great speaking to you sarah you too take care all right speak to you soon cheers bye if you'd like to find out more information about what we do you can visit our website at cockerellandco.co.uk that's cockerellandco.co.uk We also have an Instagram account, which is Cochrane Co. And also we are on Facebook. Once again, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to seeing you here again soon.